It is message four in this series on the power of vision. And I want to encourage you, if you weren't here, go back and listen to the other three messages. We really defined vision, how it works with your purpose, how that it takes vision to see your purpose, to walk out your destiny. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about five steps to fulfilling your vision. Uh, we went into a lot of mechanics of that. We, we talked really about a foundational principle in the life of Jesus, that in order to, to walk as a Christian, step number one, you have to be fully committed to the plan of God for your life. Fully committed. And, and, so, and, it, and when you do that, it opens a whole new world up to you that you don't see when you're not. So I want to talk to you about how to walk this out. As we finish this series, I, I don't get a sense. There's another series that's been burning in my heart for about eight months that I want, really want to start next week. Uh, now, you know, you know the way it works around here. We're going to do what, what the Lord wants. And, um, but I, have a, I just want to talk to you about roadblocks today. Because there are roadblocks all the time. So turn to Luke chapter 6. It says here in verse 46, Luke 6, 46, you could almost see Jesus' face with these people. And, he, and he's kind of like this. He's like, and why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Like, that makes no sense to God. You know, people will say, well, I love God. Come on. But their actions are not saying that. And to God, the God of heaven knows you love him, not by what you say, but what you do. Yeah. Right? So you can't fake that. And so, and then he goes on, he says, Whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he's like. Whoever hears my sayings, well, it, actually, let's go back. Whoever first comes to me hears my sayings and does them. I'll show you who this man is like. In other words, to walk out to see with the vision that God has given you your purpose and to walk it out, you're going to have to come to him to hear him and then go do it. I'll show you to whom he's like. Verse 48. He's like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when, not if, but when, the flood arose. Is a flood going to ever arise in your life? I'm sure that probably already has, but guess what? In your future, yes. The flood's going to arise, right? The stream beat vehemently upon that house. Is a stream going to beat vehemently, blow after blow on your life? Yeah. Why? Because we live in the earth. Well, I don't want that. Well, you'll have to go to heaven, right? But you won't want to do that because you know you're not done down here. But it says that the flood and the stream could not shake the house 
because it was founded on a rock. So here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is your architect. Actually, he's actually not only your architect. I guess if you wanted to say it this way, that God the Father would be your architect. He laid out the plan. Jesus is the builder. He will build your life. He's provided everything for you in, in salvation. But the Holy Spirit, see, it won't do you any good unless you see it. So he is, he is the one that's going to reveal this plan to you. But you're going to, in order to, in order to build your life on the foundation of a rock, which is Christ, you're going to have to come to Jesus, hear him, and that word here literally means to pay, give your full attention because you reverence what you're hearing above everything else in your life and you're willing to step and do it. You need to come to Jesus, hear him, and then do it. Now here's the cool thing. You don't have to do it in your own strength. You don't even have to figure out what to do. You just have to work out what he works in. Now that seems real complicated, because of the roadblocks that try to get you living your life trying to figure it out, and that's hard because you can't, okay? So it says, this person built their house upon a rock, and when the flood came, the stream beat against the house. It could not be shaken. So that means in your life, yeah, you're going to have floods, and you're going to have things beat against your house, but it won't shake you, not even shake you. I know when the wind blows, I could hear our house, like the windows kind of shake, but not the house of my life. Hello. Come on. It's like Satan, take your best shot, and guess what? I know it won't shake me. Guess what? I know Satan will take his best shot. He's a, he's, he's a killer. He, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm a child of God. He can't unless I let him, and I'm not going to let him. Why? Because I'm going to come to Jesus, I'm going to hear him, and I'm going to do it. Right? So now, it says here, but he that heareth and doeth not is like a man, look at this, without a foundation. Could you imagine building a house without a foundation? Now, if you had a mortgage, if a, if a bank was financing it, they wouldn't let you. They would never right. let you do it. That's right. I mean, you just have a bunch of sticks on dirt, and good luck with that, right? But, but a, a, a Christian who chooses to live their life not doing the Word of God is like a person whose life, your house has no foundation, which means that it could be taken out at any time. But God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to never be shaken. Isaiah 54, it even says that, starting in like verse 14 down to verse 17. It talks about, in righteousness, thou shalt be established. This word established in the Hebrew language means fixed and immovable. 
other parts of the New Testament says not only are we immovable in him, but we are unaccusable. Do you know that? Yeah, but you have no idea what I just did. No, no, it was paid for. You really are unaccusable. So change your mind, repent, turn to him, and have a whole new life. Isaiah says this, Behold, I do a new thing. Shall you not see it? Right? He talks about, I'm going to make crooked places straight. And, and I love this part of that verse. It says, I'm going to make darkness light before you. So when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Holy Spirit raises up a standard against him. Whenever it's your darkest time, you could just turn on the light. Isn't it awesome to know if you're in a dark room? Have you, ever, were, have you ever been in a dark room and you're like whining about it for hours? Man, I just wish it wasn't so dark. It, it, you, you come to yourself and go, you know, I think I'll just flip the switch. And that's all you have to do as a Christian. Because there's light in you. And it's called Jesus. So be ready for that. What I'm saying about you being fixed and immovable, here's the thing. It's a rest to be unshakable and unmovable. It's hard to try to live your life without a foundation. And people will try to make their foundation their career. Good luck with that. Right? Because, man, you could make one... The corporate environment is like swimming in a, in a pool. And the nicer, you know, some people have really wonderful careers and they just have this like, it's like President Trump's facility. We went to this pool in Florida that we can go to for free in the Trump thing. And, and it's just beautiful. But the corporate environment, the only difference is you're in a nicer pool, but here's the downside in the corporate world. The great white sharks are bigger. And, and you know, seriously, like uh, in the sales, corporate sales world, you have to be careful because if you do really well here and then you get recruited to go to another pool, what you may not know is what that pool is like. Have you ever changed a position and all of a sudden you could lose your career if the thing's wrong or they, the company could be sold or all this stuff. But see, if you found yourself on a rock in the corporate environment, oh yeah, there's great white sharks all around you, but they, their mouths can't open. They can't attack you. No weapon, it says it this way in Isaiah, no weapon formed against you will prosper. So if you're working for a company that's laying off, you could either say, well, Lord, I'm, I'm not looking outside. Have you ever worked for a company where they're laying off? Everybody's talking. There's fear everywhere. But it doesn't have to be that way with you because you're sitting here going, no, wait a minute. No, God is my source. So, Lord, I know that in every outwardly, it looks like I should be laid off. But here's the thing. Is this part of your plan for my life? Do you have me moving someplace else? Because if you don't, then I won't be laid off. Well, come on, Tony, that's fantasy land because these decisions are made. No, no, no. No, not for you as a Christian. You're in the world, but you're in the kingdom of God in the world. So everything changes there, right? 
He that heareth and doeth not is like a man without a foundation, built a house upon the earth. Is your treasure in things in the earth? Right? Against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So we're in Luke. Go to Mark chapter 4 in verse 20. The foundational parable, Mark 4.20, the parable of the sower, where it talked about the different types of ground. The only ground <clears throat> that produced anything was good ground, and it's found in verse 20 of chapter 4 of Mark. It says, And these are they which are sown on good ground. The word of God is sown on good ground. What is good ground? Such as hear the word and receive it. <clears throat> and receive it. This Greek word means they hear it and they receive it, which means they approve it. So they approve of what they're hearing, they take it up, and they continue in it. In other words, they come to Jesus. What do they do? They hear him, and then they do it. It's the same thing. Right? So it says here, they bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And the cool thing about the 30, 60, and 100 is guess what? You decide if it's 30, 60, or 100. Your attitude and hunger for the word makes that decision. So do you want to be 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100? So how many of you would like to be 100 all the time? Yeah, Me, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll be 100, I think, right? So let's look at, that's two witnesses. Let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, let me get over here. It says here, and we'll start in verse 21. So it says, and it brings out a, a, a very important thing about continuing in the word or being a doer of the word, because it's the only way that it works. It says, first of all, you have to lay something apart, right? And, and, you know, we always joke about it. Lay apart the superfluity of naughtiness, right? That's hilarious. But, but in reality, it's a very serious part because it's saying lay apart this abundance of wickedness that's in your life. Paul told the church at Ephesus, put away lying. What? We're Christians. We don't lie. Well, then why did the Holy Spirit say put away lying? Now, I'm not going to have a show of hands of how many of you have lied. The reason why is because I don't want to have to raise my hand. Right? But in order, in order to be a doer of the word, step number one is you have to make a decision. I'm going to lay apart this wickedness. I'm going to lay apart the sin. I'm, gonna, I'm just going gonna, gonna to make a decision. Now, does that mean you have to be strong enough to do it? No, no, no. The work of Christ already made you strong enough. The power of sin was broken over your life. 
right? You can't say the devil made me do it. The devil can't make you do anything. You don't need a license to sin. We just make a decision to sin. The Bible's saying lay it apart. You're going to see this whole deal is all about choices. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be lost for eternity. They're going to go to a place that God designed for the devil and his fallen angels when they rebelled. They're, but they're, they're people that God has a plan for, that Jesus died for, that Jesus paid for every sickness, every disease. He had a plan for their life, everything. But they made a decision, I'm going to live for myself. And they're going to have to literally stand before God, be judged for all of those decisions of living for themselves that Jesus paid for and be lost for eternity. See, God doesn't send anybody to hell. Is hell real? Yes. It's ridiculous that I have to say that, but there's many seminaries now that are saying, oh, that's not real. Hell's not real. No, no, it's real. It's real. Wouldn't want to go there, wouldn't want to visit, wouldn't want to see it from an aerial view. No, right? It's real, and God doesn't send people there. He literally honors their decision to go there. So and, it, and, and, it, and you even see it in the great white throne judgment when the unrighteous dead are brought up and they stand before the Lord and the books are opened and they're judged. Everybody's going to be standing there going, wow, Jesus paid for all this. But I chose to live for myself. Do you know a person who's not saved, do you know that Satan can't even blind their mind unless they choose to not believe, to not glorify God as God? then their foolish heart is darkened. It's amazing the power that, that people have. But they will stand before God, and then here's the heart of God. He will even have the book of life opened up. Now, he's an all-knowing God. He's always known that they would not receive him, and yet he pursued them their whole life, even though he knew and here they are, standing before them, before him, and he still has the book opened. You could almost see the angel going, but you know everything. He's like, no, 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 I love them so much. Check the book one more time. I want to make sure, because maybe their name, maybe I missed something. Maybe their name's still in there. What do you mean, in there? No, no, everybody's name starts out in the book of life. Because God's will is that all men be saved. Your name cannot be written in the book of life after you're born. Your name was written there when you were born. The, the person's name can only be blotted out of the book of life. And who blots the name out? They do. They say, no, no, I don't want it. So in your life here, see these decisions, even as a Christian, now do, you, now, now do, we, do we have to be careful because otherwise we're going to go to hell? No, 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 you've been redeemed from that. If you're born again, you're going to heaven. But why have hell on earth when you could have heaven on earth? Right? So, so the, these decisions, everything is a decision. In James, it says, lay apart the wickedness and receive with meekness, this is humility, the engrafted word. That, that means the implanted word. The word that goes... You know, literally you hear it and you speak it so that you get it down in your heart. It's implanted in your heart because when the word of God is implanted in your spirit, man, 
it is able to save your soul or bring healing and wholeness to your soulish realm. It's the only thing. You can go to a counselor, a psychiatrist, a psychologist. You could take medicine, and none of that will bring healing and wholeness to your mind. There's only one thing on the planet that will do that. Now, could they help? Yes. Could they help you cope and maybe get you in a position? But everybody, in order to have wholeness in your soulish realm, there's only one way, and you have to receive the word of God in your heart, and it will wash out of your spirit, man, and wash over your soulish realm and make you whole. It's the only thing. This is really, really important. So, so the, it's there for everybody. God is so good. It says here, verse 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. This word here means somebody who's just listening. See, today, the verdict's out on all of us on who is listening to this and who is hearing it. Whether you have ears to hear today is up to you. It's up to me. Anybody watching online, you could either be listening or you could be hearing. Hearing means I'm hearing it. I'm going to put it above everything in my life to the point I'm going to reverence, honor, and respect it, and I'm going to do it, right? So, but be doers only, not hearers, because if you're just a hearer, just a listener, the Bible says Satan doesn't even have to deceive you. You deceive your own selves. Wow. Verse 23, but if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. So now he's going to give us an example of a hearer versus a doer. For he beholds himself and goes his way. And straightway or immediately he forgets what manner of man he was. So for a child of God, what happens is the word of God is our mirror. If you want to know what your spirit man looks like, look in the mirror. It'll tell you. So I look in the mirror, but if I'm, a, if I'm only a hearer, I'm going to look in the mirror, and then I'm going to put the mirror down, and I'm going to go my own way. And, and if I do that, I'll immediately forget what manner of a man I am. I forget that by his stripes, I'm healed. I forget that I can do all things through Christ. I forget that all things are possible to me because I believe. I forget that I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his life, or in the power of his might, right? I forget these things. But if I'm a doer of the word, it says here, let's keep going with this, for it says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. So this word looketh means whoever looks and keeps on looking into the word of God, right? So the only difference is I put it down and I forget about it and go do my own thing. The other one continues in it. I come to Jesus, I hear him, and I do it. So here's the doer. He's walking like this. I walk my life like this. Now you would think, well, that would kind of hinder you. No, 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 it causes you to see everything. Because this causes you to see things as they really are. When you lay it down and you're looking, you're only seeing how things seem on the outside, which are changeable. You'll start to think that you're not enough. 
But when you look, you realize in him, he's more than enough. You do this, I'm looking at the world and the outside things trying to figure it out. When I do this, I'm looking at the word and I already know it's all worked out. Here's hope. Here's hopelessness. When I'm here, I'm talking to the mountain about who my God is. But when I'm like this, I'm talking to God, will you please move the mountain? And I'm talking to all my friends, please help me. Does that make sense? It's a different way to live. So it says, whoever looks and keeps looking into the word of God and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in his deed or he'll be blessed in his doing. See, right now, we have more access to the word of God than any generation of the church and we are the most illiterate. You know, Mother Teresa said it this way, you'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. The hunger level in some of the nations of the world, I mean, I, I talked to some of the friends that I have that minister. You know, Rick Fern was here. He says, come to New Zealand. You'll teach eight to 10 hours and they'll be kind of upset that you want to leave. No, no, can you just tell us more? That's every day. America, it's got to be a 45-minute service, in and out or an hour, because, man, I got, I got things to do. Yeah, but the problem is all the stuff you're doing could be washed away in a moment because there's no foundation in your life. So that's why when you come to church, you should be encouraged. You should be built up. Hopefully you get a glimpse and you could see who you are because you're world overcomers. You're loved of the God of heaven. You're not his servant. You're his child. And oh, how he loves you. So turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. You guys doing okay this morning? Man, I love preaching here. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. It says this. It says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Now this cease to pray for you, it's in the continual present tense in the Greek. It literally means, Paul is saying, we never stop praying this for you. Okay? And to desire that you might be filled with, with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. He never stopped praying that these Christians would be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom. This word knowledge, it literally means a coming to full discernment of something because you're using it in your personal life. The knowledge of his will. I know his will because I've heard it and now I'm continuing in it. In all wisdom. The amplified version brings out the Greek real good. It says in this part, in all wisdom, it literally denotes and says it this way. In comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. 
So God wants to know, he wants you to know his will for your life and how he has his ways and his purposes, how he has laid it all out, how it all works, how you can walk it all out. He never stopped praying this for these Christians. I wonder if, if we should do that today. God, I need to know your will. Now, will you know the whole will? Yes, as you walk it out. But what part will you know? You'll know the next step. You'll know exactly what God's doing, how he's doing it, what's happening. When the storms and winds come, you'll know it's okay. I'm more than a conqueror. God, remember last time I was with you, God never starts anything that he hasn't already completed. So you already, he's already completed your, your whole path. You already win. Well, I feel like I'm losing. Yeah, that's okay. Just get in, just start looking. Look in the mirror. You'll know you win. And pretty soon, you'll stand at the beginning of something knowing. Right? I love that song. You're with me. Right? You're with me in the water. You're with me in the fire. And I'm coming out of this thing. You won't even smell smoke on me. It says here, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The Amplified says, and discernment of spiritual things. See, God wants you as you're walking to know his will for your life, to know his ways and purposes, how he does everything, and he wants you to walk with the eyes of your heart, vision, to see and discern all these spiritual things because this is all spiritual, guys. Like we're in an election year. This is not about Democrats and Republicans. It's not about President Trump or, or some of the other candidates. It's not about that. It's about the kingdom. And, it's, and who's behind everything that's trying to stop? It's Satan. It's always him. And he wants to stop the church. He wants to stop the gospel. So don't get caught up in all this nonsense. Satan loves when you get caught up in things that you really don't know about. And you know what? I just, I, you know, I don't have to know about the behind-the-scenes motives of everybody. I have to humble myself, seek his face, turn from my wicked ways. That's my focus. So that he will hear, come, and heal our land. So that... The gospel can be preached. That's the whole thing, right? I mean, the book of Romans lays it out so clear on how we're to be with government officials. It's the only place that really does it. And Paul told the Romans that you submit to these governmental influences in your life. Now, I don't care what you think about any president we've ever had. They had Nero. This dude... He makes Hitler look like Bambi, right? You know, seriously. So, well, maybe not that because Hitler was pretty bad. But, um, but you know what I'm saying. So, so we keep our eyes on the ball as Christians because, guys, we live in perilous times. It's the end of this age. Dangerous, difficult, strength-reducing times that are not to even shake you. 
I could tell you your future. It's victory. It's over and not under. It's above and not beneath. It's increase. It's health. That's what your future is. God's already spoken it. All you got to do is believe it, receive it, and walk in it. But you're going to have to keep your eyes on the word to do it. In other words here, you and I are to know the will of God for our lives. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Boy, isn't this good? Man, anytime we can get in the word together, it's so good. I could just feel the anointing dripping off the word of God, bringing hope, strengthening people. I know it's doing that to me. Ephesians 5.15. I'm so excited about this year because I know I'm, I'm already, I feel like I'm walking in a different place as a pastor. You know, it's just wonderful. And what I mean by that is just more of an incredible depth of knowing how much God loves me, how much he's with me, how he goes before me, and he's, he's always there. Ephesians 5.15 says this, See then that you walk circumspectly. Now, this Greek word, it literally means as you walk to look around. You're walking, you're looking around, and you're taking heed. Don't, not as fools, but as wise. So as I walk, I'm taking heed. I'm looking at something. What am I looking at? What other people are doing? Nope. What Satan's doing? No. I'm taking heed to myself. What am I taking heed to? Am I walking, looking in the mirror? Have you ever noticed when you get upset at somebody, you've stopped looking at the mirror? You start looking at what another person's doing. Has it ever brought you life? Never. Never. Yeah, but you know the church should have different colored seats that would make it all better. Right? You're going, to, you're, you're going down a scary road because you're, you're, not, you're not looking at the mirror. So we take heed. Not See, fools look at what everything else is going on. Fools look at their body instead of looking at what the word says fools look at their finances instead of what the word says about their finances fools look at everything else but the word have you ever been a fool yes but you guess what you don't have to be anymore it says here but we walk as wise people and then it says redeeming the time this in the Greek language, the best way I could say this literally is it would read this way, make the best use of your time. We walk taking heed to ourselves, making sure I'm walking in the love of God. I'm walking by the faith of God. I'm led by the Spirit of God. I'm walking in His strength and not mine. How do I do that? Oh, no, you, you don't have to. It's not hard. You just keep your eyes on Jesus and the Holy Spirit will be like, okay, you're doing good. He's your trainer. You're, you're doing this, your back's perfect. Just keep, you know, whatever, right? I mean, he's there to lead you and guide you into all this. It says, redeeming the time. Make the best use of your time. Why? Because the days are evil. Man, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
but we don't fear any evil because he is with me. But if I take my eyes off of him, I won't know he's with me. I'll think I'm all alone. And then I'll start thinking, but if I just had something different, then I'd be okay. Oh gosh, I'm single. If I could just be married, then I'd be okay. The married person goes, gosh, if I could just be single again, I'd be okay. And then the person without kids is going, gosh, you know, if we could just have kids, everything would be great. And the person with kids, as they're walking around and they've got the flu and they all this stuff and they're screaming for hours, is just going, if I could just get rid of the kids, I would be great. Right? And then you drive down the street and you see a car and the enemy throws a thought. Man, if you had that car, you'd be happier. If you lived in that house, you'd be happier. If you can go lay on this beach, you'd be happy. And guess what? The Bible said, says happiness is literally growing in your knowledge of God. It's the only thing that will turn you on and fulfill you inwardly. The NIV translation <laughs> pains me to say this, but it, it's really good, so I, I have to say this. Of, of this scripture, the NIV says this, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Today, you want to make sure that you follow the leading of the Lord to prepare you for the rest of today, to prepare you for your week. You want to let the Holy Spirit work your calendar and your schedule so you don't just get up, brush your teeth, take a quick shower, grab something on the way out, and jump into this shark-infested waters called life, and you haven't spent any time with the Lord, you haven't, you haven't had, had him show you anything, and all of a sudden you're instantly walking outwardly. You need to be ready when you start your day in the corporate environment because you'll get... You'll have this happen, and then you'll get this email, and this text, and this is going on, and this deal that was really looking good has fallen apart, and then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, somebody coughs in your face, and Satan tells you all day, man, you're going to get the flu. <laughs> day three, day four, and you know, by, by day, it's day 13, and you're like, oh no, tomorrow. You won't think that way if your eye is on the mirror, Right? You'll, when, when somebody coughs in your face, you'll go, I walk in divine life. I've been redeemed from it. Then any, any virus, anything, just going to die. It hits my body, it dies. But you won't know that unless your eye's on the book, right? In other words, we need to stay alert. We are the only... This is how you need to live. This is how... I'll say it correctly. This is how I live my life that I'm the only light that may come into the darkness of some people's lives. I may be that only light, so I gotta make sure I'm ready. Because I'm not here for me, because guess what, I'm okay. Now if I get stupid and live as a fool, I might get beat up down here a little bit, but when my life is over, it's all good. Because then I'm walking with the Lord, walking, I mean, it's gonna be amazing. But. I understand the importance of this life. I want to yield all my fruit in my season here, right? We need to make the most of each day. And now look at verse 17. Wherefore, 
be ye not unwise. Isn't that funny how God will say, this is how a fool walks, this is how wise walks. Now, don't be a fool, be wise. He gives you the answer. Be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That word understanding means comprehending. God wants you to comprehend his will for your life. But if you if you're not if he's not first you're guessing and you're walking around saying God told me to do this and then it really doesn't work out. God told me to do this and then God's no 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 you're you're just in the dark trying to figure something out not because he doesn't lead you. See we get this idea gosh you know Man, when Pastor Tony says the Lord's speaking to me, oh gosh, I wish that could be me because he's so spiritual. No, no, no. Listen, I'm constantly smacking myself in the head. Keep your eye on the book. Always. Beat my flesh black and blue continually. It's not that, my, not that I'm a bad person, but my flesh has the wrong nature in it. And in order for me to see who I am, I got to look in the mirror. I got to keep the light on. All of us do. This is why we need each other. Because when I get around people of faith and walk in love and who are led by the Spirit, the supply that they bring puts me in an environment of that. But go hang out with the wrong people. Get in the business world and go hang out. And, and just, just once you get to really know the lifestyle, oh man, somebody might live in a beautiful house, but they don't have a home right they, there's no peace ephesians 5 17 in the amplified version says this therefore do not be foolish and thoughtless but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the lord is god has your whole path laid out and he's given you vision so that you can see your purpose and he has it all laid out, and he wants you to know it. Isn't it amazing that one of the primary doctrines in the church today in America is, well, you just never know what God's going to do. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Because you know his ways are higher than our ways. Now, many of the things that I just said, scriptures say it, but they don't read the next scripture. His ways are not our ways. But the next verse says, but he reveals his ways by his spirit. Over and over, God's saying, I want you to know. We should have got a clue that his name's Jehovah, the self-existent one who always desires to reveal himself. So here's the thing. He loves you. He's good. He only has good for you. If you ask him a question why and he doesn't answer it, it's because it's not the question. Trust him and keep walking. Everybody thinks the question of Job is why do bad things happen to good people? But the Bible answers that. But God never answered that to Job, never told him why. You know why? Because that wasn't the question of Job. The question of Job is, when you don't understand what's going on, are you still going to trust God? Are you gonna, still going to stand 
on the revelation that you know of him and know he's good all the time, even though maybe you don't understand what's going on? Are you still going to hang on to the word? Job got it right and had everything doubled in his life within less than a year. And he, he's not even born again, didn't even have a covenant with God. How much more are you and I? We got to know the will of God for our lives. God never says, there's not one scripture, try to figure out my will. He never says that. He says, do it. When God's will is mentioned in scripture, it is always mentioned in connection with somebody doing something. So don't be afraid and go, well, I got to know the will of God before I move. Listen, if you refuse to put on the gas when you leave, when you turn the wheel, if you're not moving, your car's not going to go anywhere. So be fearless, knowing that it's all worked out, that God's good. In the Old Testament, if you fall, he'll pick you up. In the New Testament, believer, he will keep you from falling. So don't, don't be afraid to go a wrong way. You start going a wrong way, and the Holy Spirit, you'll just be like, eh, no, this isn't the way. Then just go a different way. But you're not bummed out because you already know, I'm not trying to win. I'm not trying to be successful. I already have won. When did I win? Oh, this is so cool. I'm undefeated 2,000 years before I was ever born. Now I'm undefeatable. I'm unaccusable. Isn't it amazing? If I get off the wrong road and I choose to just change my mind and get back on the right road, all of heaven will work out to redeem everything. It's just amazing. That's the life that we live. In context, the only way that we can effectively manifest God's light to our generation is to know the will of God for us individually and know the will of God for all mankind genuinely or generally. If you, the only way you could be light is you must know his will for your life as an individual and you have to know his will for mankind. And his will for mankind is real simple. His will is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. You got to know that so that when you run into somebody that, that might look like somebody who just you would just normally go, wow, they're way out to lunch. You won't look at them for what they are. You'll see beyond that, and you'll see them as people that God loves and has a plan for. It's so important. See, it's one thing to get in the will of God. Great. Been out of the will of God. I'm in the will of God. That's awesome. But it's a whole other thing to stay in the will of God. And that's where life is. And that's what God wants for you. He wants you to know him so intimately. He wants you to know his ways, the way he does things, his purposes. He wants you to know that you have a future and that it's a good future and that you haven't messed it up and that, your mercy, that his mercy is greater than your disobedience and that he'll never leave you, that he'll never forsake you. That if he's done something for one person, he'll do it for you. you got to know that about God. Peace and satisfaction are the result of being in the will of God. So it's God's will 
that you go further and you grow higher. Here's what happens when you're led outwardly. You'll start to think that I need a geographical move. I need to change careers in order to, you know, because it's just, everything seems stale in my life. No, no, brother, the reason why everything seems stale is your eyes are not on Jesus. So you don't want to make any decisions this way. You don't want to change anything geographically. Where you're working, who you're married to, right? Where you go to church, different things. You don't want to change in that state. See, a lot of people, they'll sit. I mean, it's hilarious. We've had people here that just after a while, yeah, well, I, you know, I got everything, got everything that I could get from Pastor Tony. So now I've got to go on to deeper things. Nobody who's looking at the book would even make that statement. That has nothing to do with whether you should go somewhere else or not. Because, see, here's the thing. If you're living outwardly, you're going to need something new because you feel better. I go to a new church and, oh, my gosh. Listen, you know, I have been Jesus. People have come to this church and they're like, man, you are like Jesus in the flesh. And in six months, I'm the Antichrist. Right, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, because have you ever felt like, okay, it's January 1st. Well, you know, this is the perfect time to say this. It's January 1st. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to be at the gym. Man, I'm going to have a six-pack by June. And I'm going to join a gym. And I threw out all the food that I shouldn't be eating. I I went and bought all this other food. and, And here it was. And then January 1st, I'm watching bowl games. I'm at a Super Bowl party, eating all kinds of junk. And then I go home at night and go, oh, shoot. And the thought hits you, well, maybe start February 1st. (laughs) Do you know how many people join a gym? If you know the gym industry, do you know why these gyms start? And it's like, oh, yeah, it's only 20 bucks a month. We'll just put it on automatic. You know why? Because they've got 20,000 people that belong to the gym. But you notice there's never 20,000 people. But people are sitting at home going, well, I don't want to cancel it because I'm going to work out tomorrow. (laughs) And it's only 20 bucks. Right? We talk about that, but that's what we do spiritually. No, no. Go to the Lord and say, listen, you know I have messed this thing up uh, my whole life, but this is a new day, and I'm forgetting all that. This is not even who I am. You said I'm a world overcomer. You said I'm your very righteousness. You said I could do all things through Christ. So I'm starting new today. I'm not living from the outside. Because see, you'll start to think you need changes. You'll think, well, maybe a new house or maybe move to another community. If Boy, if I just live by a beach, if I just did this. But here's the deal. It's not about the geography Maybe you need some change inwardly. And we call that growth. Because you, in the will of God, I got to tell you, you know, I love the Pacific Ocean. And we were just there. And we're sitting, we're walking on the beach, and Jeanette and I are talking about how, man, you know, we're just so ready to get back. Can't wait to go back. Right? I got so excited today, I'm like, you know what, I'm not even wearing a coat. 
I'm just, I'm just glad to be back. Now, I might, I'm not going to stay outside long, but... <laughs> But this is, this is so very important that we get this. See, you may need a change on the inside. So don't be afraid to change. Nothing grows if there's not change. Or I should say it this way, nothing progresses without change. But you don't grow spiritually unless you're planted. You're planted in a local church where God wants you. You're planted You've taken the options away. I'm planted in Christ. His word is first place in my life. Now, why do we do this? Just to kind of close this out today. Boy, I didn't get to any roadblocks. I'll deal. (laughs) Pray for me. I'll deal with that. I'm on page three. It's ridiculous. (laughs) But it says this in Colossians. You know, remember we're in Colossians, right? Look at verse 10. Colossians 1.10. Or, you know, we were in Ephesians, so go back to Colossians. I want to finish up. Colossians 1.10. Actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to read 1.9 again. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, verse 10. Why? Verse 10 is Why? that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. See, why do you have to know His will so that you can walk worthy of the Lord? Unto all pleasing. See, what turns you on, what fulfills you, what satisfies you is to know that your life is pleasing him. You don't please him so that he loves you because you know he'll always love you. But what fulfills you is to know that your life, your actions are pleasing. Secret sin, have you ever noticed that? how that it causes so much inner turmoil in you as a Christian. Don't go there anymore. You don't have to. And increasing, being fruitful in every good work, do you know as you bear fruit, it fulfills you and satisfies you? And increasing in the knowledge of God, well, according to John 17, 3, what is salvation? What is eternal life? It's knowing God. And his son Jesus, who he sent. It says, verse 11, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Notice, I'm not strengthened in myself, I'm strengthened by him. Unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Now, I love this where it says, unto all. It literally in the Greek would read, or literal English would read, to exercise all. So let me read this again. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, to exercise all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. That's what God has for your life. Isn't that good news? Be encouraged today. You are in the right place 
at the right time. God literally has a plan for your life. Yes, he does. And he'll lead you and guide you and direct you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, the Bible says. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, put him first, acknowledge him, and he'll direct all of your paths. Yes. 